0: Welcome to the 1.01 podcast. I'm Wilson Lim and the idea for this podcast is rooted in the concept that small incremental gains compounded over a long period of time can eventually lead to great results. Today's conversation is with Royce Branning and Oliver Hill, co-founders at ClearSpace. We talk about how they built a company together after only knowing each other for four weeks, doing things that don't scale with phone check-ins at social events, and turning a no from Y Combinator into a yes. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay. Thank you so much, Oliver and Royce, for joining me today. Uh, before we even get started, I'm curious, you guys you guys had a viral tweet that you guys had met for tacos and within four weeks had started um, the company together. Can you, before we even go into anything, talk me through the introduction, like the first date almost, how did you guys get the chemistry right away?
1: That's awesome. First off, Wilson, thanks so much for having us today. Uh, excited to talk a little bit more. I will let Oliver kick off our Co-founder matching story.
2: Yeah, it's it really is a love story for the ages. So um we met on on Y Combinator's co-founder matching platform. For for the uninitiated, this is basically like online dating for find a co-founder. You set, like, I'm looking for someone technical or I'm looking for someone not technical. I want them to be this close to me. I'm willing to work this many hours a day. And so uh Royce and I had our first conversation through this platform. He was down in Santa Barbara, I was up in San Francisco and saw the prototype of the clear space iPhone app that Royce was working on at the time. We hopped on a Zoom call and both got very excited pretty quickly um, that we were incredibly interested in the space. Royce cut his trip short, came back up to San Francisco that evening, and we sat down for tacos at the street taco on Hate Street. And the rest is kind of history. We took two weeks to like trial a little build project together which is now our Chrome extension, which is like in the wild and users really like. And then we quickly raised some money and we're just off to the races and uh, never really looked back. So it's been great.
0: No, for sure. That's a great story. And I guess part of it is maybe asking a bit more about your background. So you guys are both software engineers, right? Computer science graduates, uh, young millennials. And from what I've read, you guys have actually had startup experience previously, right? Uh, Royce at Quicken and Oliver at, Supertone. I'm curious how you guys ended up on uh, this sort of space and this sort of idea and both really finding passion in this sort of uh, eliminating distractions and, you know, being intentional of our time. Like, was the idea straight away, you guys like knew it was from the start to pursue, or how did it come onto that?
1: Yeah, both Oliver and I had our own kind of individual journeys to cultivating what we would call our personal attention protection stacks. So independent of knowing each other uh, over the years, as many people do in our age demographic, studying in college, you have to find ways to keep your phone out of the room. You have to find ways to shut down the internet. I'm I'm sure Wilson, you or people listening have given their screen time password to a friend or locked themselves out of social media or deleted the apps. We had both gathered these processes ourselves. And as Oliver mentioned, shortly after leaving Quicken, I had built an early version of the ClearSpace app, partially just to solve my own problem. uh, I was curious as to whether or not it would work with other people. And in starting to share it, uh, I quickly found that it was, Oliver was one of those people that came across it. And together, we, we kind of circled on this idea that you shouldn't have to be a software engineer who knows how to edit an Etsy host file or configure a custom VPN on your desktop in order to have an adequate solution. And... A lot of that is really baked into the foundation of the both of us working on ClearSpace.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess part of that, like, you know, obviously working on it early on, I found you guys through launch actually, like Jason Calcanis' program. And you guys even mentioned not getting into a launch accelerator, but getting into Y Combinator. Could you guys walk me through those early days of trying to gain traction, just trying to build as fast as possible?
1: Yeah, for sure. We were a part of Founder University, uh, which was just a great program to to get the ducks in a row, figuring out some of the basics, but also just getting a little bit of know-how around starting an early stage company. Oliver had been the CTO at a previous company and co-founder, and I had started startups through college. But this was our first time post-professional experience, really going at it full force um, for me personally. And um, that was just such a great and powerful community for me. The uh, the Y combinator opportunity arose before Founder University ended, actually. So uh, there's a little bit of a timing snafu. By the time the launch accelerator applications were open at the end of Founder University, which was back then when they kind of recommended doing it, we were already into Y combinator and decided to just pursue that path
0: uh, as as the as the option for us. No for sure I feel like that's sort of the dream for a lot of like early stage entrepreneurs is getting to Y Combinator. I'm curious Oliver, you actually went to Y Combinator with the previous startup. I'm curious how maybe the particular experience that you guys went through together what were some of like the biggest insights and sort of biggest lessons or like what was the most helpful things that you got out of the start uh incubator.
2: Yeah, I think um well, it's been a it's been an amazing resource for like getting the wisdom of the greatest like founders of the decades past and and how they've done it. One thing that Royce and I came out of it, like super aligned on, uh, is that we, we're really glad we're solving a problem that we very personally have. Um, like you mentioned that I had some past experience in startups and, and really my big takeaway was, um, if your company isn't centered around a problem that you personally experience and solving that problem, uh, it's it's just it's difficult to build for your users. And it's it's hard to really grasp how deep like the intuition goes of your own problems until you are building a solution for yourself and sort of assuming there are other people like it, like you out there. And as Royce mentioned, like we had both <laughs> spent the early years of our careers like hacking together modifications to the VPNs on our computers and like little scripts to text our friends if we spent more than 20 minutes on Reddit per day. And um these were all, all pain points that we'd felt. And um I think our, our shared conviction that um was amplified by by YC's advice was solve your problem, solve it well, and stay very authentic to like that pain that you have in your life and alleviating it.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. It's considering especially both of you I had such great chemistry with a similar problem, it's e- a bit easier to build. As iOS app, Chrome extension, and obviously, potentially Android app in the future, but also have to focus on growth and the business side. With all of you being engineers, how do you guys agree and sort of split up the work?
2: Yeah, Um, we we found kind of a natural um, distribution of of work and like the things that we love digging into. Um, Royce is the CEO, I'm the CTO. And so ultimately, the larger strategy and growth and like fundraising and hiring decisions roll up to Royce and largely the technical and architectural and product decisions are all up to me. But um, those responsibilities are more just like shortcuts for us not, not having to align on everything. And um, I think there end up being a lot of decisions where it's helpful to have us both in the room and like bounce perspective off each other. Um, yeah. Does that, does that about capture it?
1: Definitely. Something that both Oliver and I have a, a, a shared love of is collaborative building and having high degree of crossover and skill sets up and down the stack across growth product fundraising hiring all these different types we we have a lot we've been able to establish a lot of trust in the other being able to execute but also having kind of two sets of eyes on anything that we might get out the door is really really helpful in terms of just bringing somebody over to pair program or take a second look at some copy that's going out so we we definitely divide and conquer, but we really get a lot of joy out of
0: double teaming something. Yeah, okay, this might be a side question, tag along to that. You know, obviously in clear space, it's very intentional. You wanna give your users a moment to pause and like really make sure they know what their uh, goal is in using whatever apps. The quotes that you guys have in the loading screen, who who chose them? Because they're honestly, they're, fr- they're pretty good. I'm wondering like wide range of literature and inspirational, like you guys both dis- like discuss it, you know what I mean? The, the quotes are one of the places where like we, we fight to
2: the nail on like what makes it in because the, it's such a like sacred space and it's such a frequent touch point with our users. Like, you know, that screen has been deployed more than 10 million times in the wild now. So it gets a lot of airtime, if you will. And so we, we both have our hands in the cookie jar on, on which quotes make it in. And it's a fun process to like
0: triage those.
1: Wilson, what's your favorite quote if you have it off the top of your head?
0: I think for me, it's how we spend our days, is how we spend our lives. Go. Like, okay. I mean, that's part of like this podcast also, right? Just like the small things leading up to bigger results. Love that. Okay, I got to ask you all this one. Probably problem of the most viral tweets you guys have, that especially the one that I really caught my eye on, was uh, your phone check-in, right? Especially it's a big white combinator saying, doing things that don't scale. And obviously, this is a particular case. Walk me through the entire story, like tell the audience as well, like for those, Never seen the tweet. How did you guys even come up That the idea? Talk about execution. What are some of the funniest things that people reacted to, to everything? This is a fun one. If you believe it, we almost
1: did not run the phone check at the Y Combinator event. And here's how it came together. Every Tuesday, yep. Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, every Wednesday during Y Combinator, there's a meetup for the founders in the current batch. And there's a happy hour to network with other founders. And they actually invite alumni to come join. And that night, Brian Chesky from Airbnb was gonna be in attendance. So Oliver and I are sitting in our office, finishing out the work day. And we we asked the question, what would Airbnb do if they were trying to really be a part of the conversation about digital addiction in the world? And we we tossed around a few ideas and we settled on having, on going and buying oversized coats from the Goodwill, buying some poster board at the material store across the, sto- the street, and setting up a hacky phone check at the entrance. So we didn't ask them if we could do it. We rolled in. Oliver had to pick a few things up on his bike. So I showed up with a sign and oversized jacket. And standing there, and I'm calling him, going, "Hey, you're you're, you're coming, right? I'm not going to sit here and look like okay. i by myself."
2: I, I, I need to interrupt this for a second. The, the, Royce is giving me a, a generous brush over here. The, the way this actually went down is, I was like, we "We're both stretched out to the max." This is like, we're coming down the stretch of YC, heading into fundraising, and he's like, "Hey, I think we should run this phone check tonight." I was like, "Dude, I I I need to stay heads down on this bug. Like, I, we can't wait another day on it." And Royce was like, "I really think we should do it." I was like, "Look." If you want to go execute on it, absolutely go for it. I'm telling you, I can't leave this right now. Like, if if you want to go, like, grab all the materials. I will rock up and throw on the blazer and like issue raffle tickets for people to give their phones. But I'm not like helping you procure these materials right now. (laughs) And so I went back to my desk and like worked on this thing for 30 minutes. I don't even remember if I made meaningful progress or not. But then sprinted across town on my bike, and we're just like thrust into this, and it ended up being like one of the best levers we pulled for actually like growing and getting distribution, um, spreading the word about our product that that we had during that whole three-month push. So it was just a hilarious example of like, of autonomy really among
0: co-founders. Like, hey, I don't want to do this, but if you want to go do it, go for it. What were like some of the funniest comments or reactions when you guys, that like, people had when you guys were actually, you know, doing this in person?
1: I think one of my favorites was... So what we would do is when somebody would walk up to the stand, we would ask them if they would give us their phone for the night. And it was an experiment really to see both if people would do it and in some ways, even more so why people wouldn't. We incentivized them with a raffle ticket for a typewriter to make sure that the nudge was in the direction of, hey, you don't have any reason not to. If your phone's not a problem for you, there's no reason not to. So, some of the best reasons they wouldn't give up their phone, my personal favorite was someone said their girlfriend was going to break up with them.
2: God, phone that was so good.
1: So that, that was valid, in my opinion. Yeah. I said, that's a good reason to keep your phone on you, you. should keep your phone on you. Yeah. So, I did propose that if they gave us their phone, their girlfriend might not have the opportunity to break up with them. Maybe things kind of
2: smooth over. Get the call and break up with her.
1: Yeah. 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 We... We offered a lot of a wide range of services, could not close the deal on that one. That was
2: my favorite. Did you have? What was some other good ones? Someone was like, I I want to be able to Irish exit from this event silently and just like call an Uber without saying my goodbyes. And I don't want to have to come back by this table to (laughs) come. That's
1: definitely valid. There was was a handful of people that saw our shoddy setup where iPhones were sprawled out on a bench with little tickets sticking out, they said, I frankly do not trust you guys to protect my phone for the rest of the night. Um,
2: but the interesting thing that happened was we gave out these little gold stickers yeah. for people that did check their phone in. And there was a, a tipping point moment in the night where like more people than not had these gold stickers walking around. And it became the thing to do is like, yeah, let's go phoneless. This is so freeing. We gave people a little pad and paper to replace their phone. And so um, it was a really fun like social domino
0: effect that yeah, obviously you know super successful you guys learned a lot and even you guys sort of did it again for sf tech week right and I'm, I'm a bit curious in terms of you know um all these different sort of growth strategies obviously we're trying to research you guys early on doing a lot of blogs and actually i see a lot of the traction was from youtubers maybe mentioning you guys in their videos did you ever reach out to youtubers intentionally like tech youtubers or was that sort of traction just trying what sticks and then hoping, seeing what works and then doubling down. Like talk about the early growth strategy.
1: Yeah. A lot of the really for- fortunate YouTube and Twitter spikes that we've had have been super organic. So um, we, during Y Combinator, we crossed paths with a really great venture fund called Roadrunner Ventures. And the the heads of that are two YouTubers uh, Nate O'Brien and Sebastian Fung. And they early on were users of ClearSpace and came inbound and we built a great relationship there. And I think their their networks have have really spread ClearSpace amongst minimalist and productivity influencers in, and creators in the YouTube realm, which has been an awesome lift for growth and just getting the word out about what we're trying to do. Other than that, I think just, we talk a lot about partaking in this conversation. I mean, Digital distraction, phone addiction, are really hot button topics that everyone's trying to put their finger on what durable solutions look like. And we think one of the best things we can do in terms of growing the company, but also solving just the problem, which is the mission of this company, is partaking in that conversation, contributing to it. And things like no phone, socials, and phone checks, yeah, they optimistically they'll help us reach more users. But even short of that, we think that they're an expression of what we want to see in the world, which is more moderation around our device usage and people re-engaging with the moment. And we're fortunate that we get the opportunity to do those types of things and roll them up into a product that we really believe in.
0: Yeah, I guess also want to sort of link in on that is that maybe one of the sources I saw big was product hunt, right? You guys managed to get a number one. And I guess part of it or part of the reactions I saw Was that? Oh, this is not just another AI GPT app. Like it's actually something new and refreshing. Could you guys walk me through, like, sort of the product launch and your thoughts on that? Especially with AI being so hype now.
2: Yeah, I think it's a it's a fun reaction when people ask what you do or start to learn about your startup, and they're almost ready to roll their eyes at like another another startup trying to solve things with technology, and then they hear that it's actually the opposite. We are we are trying to bring back better alignment around tech. And um, we often hear like, isn't that kind of counterintuitive? Like you're an app to make me reduce apps. You're, you know, a Chrome extension that's going to help me use the web less. And our our common refrain is like, this is actually quite a high-tech problem. And the only solutions being offered at the moment are low-tech ones. Like you, you hear things like leave your phone at home, lock it in a box, like just log off, just delete the app's, and the truth is, we've at this point all tried that, and it really isn't effective. You, these tools are are just that they're they're tools, but they're also distractions that have taken up larger mindshare than they ever intended to. And so, um, I think part of the fun about like engaging our users and bringing them into product hunt launches and like having them show up to uh, speak about our product is you get to hear these stories of people that have reclaimed the important tool of like Instagram DMs or creating content on YouTube while being able to moderate as a force in their life that isn't entirely taking over.
0: No, yeah, I think that's a good point, especially the part you mentioned of that we still need some of the tools like Instagram DMs. Like I still want to message my homies from school, but I don't want to be stuck on the reels or on the posts and trying to keep up with all that. I'm sort of curious in terms of when you guys now in the space, like, I guess it's becoming more and more. Obviously, the conversation's opening up. People are becoming very aware of this. And let's say there are other competitors in the market. How do you guys think about um, dealing and sort of like standing out amongst the competition? Or do you guys see it as no winner takes all space? There are room for multiple players. How do you guys view the environment?
1: We definitely think it's uh, a, an environment ripe for collaboration. We we internally talk a lot about how there, there's so much disruption with regard to humans misalignment of their attention and their intention, that we really hope to see lots and lots of companies solving in this space. And to the extent that there are other solutions to helping people moderate their engagement with their devices, we see them keying in on different slices of the market that really need it. I mean, uh, you'll notice that young children are not our target demographic for our solution. There's amazing parental control apps that can really hone in on that unique relationships between parents and helping teach children discipline. We really key in on adults that are looking, are ready to make this change in their lives and are looking for a solution that can help nudge them in the right direction as they continue to grow and discipline. And, um, so yeah, in terms of the the landscape of tools, we we see a ton of collaborative opportunities. We've gotten a chance to spend time and share notes with other companies in the space that, you know, we're all really eager to learn and grow together.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that point about the key target market. I guess that's definitely one of the healthiest ways to think about um, standing out. This podcast, I named it a 1.01 podcast because I really love the idea that small habits over time can lead to great results. I heard you guys mention on another um, interview, you guys sort of have a, a daily workflow that seems very similar. Like, especially uh, I heard like m- mid-afternoon going for workouts. Could you guys like walk me through maybe your guys' key habits that you guys have found that really have helped you guys build and scale? Totally. Um, this
2: has been kind of a fun rhythm we've we've slipped into this summer. Um, we, we get into the office pretty early. Like, I think we all just kind of roll out of bed and first thing is get to the office. And the early morning until about noon ends up being really quiet time for deep work. And we've all kind of arrived at the conviction that the if you can get the most difficult cognitive task out of the way early, that is a huge benefit because if you don't, it becomes really, really difficult to reclaim that deep focus before you check your text, before you like start getting into multitasking mode. And so inevitably what happens at our office is like we're working in the morning and then we start to pick our heads up around noon and people are getting distracted and we all just pick up and go to the gym together. And it's uh, just a fun way to kind of like run as a little unit and stay in sync. And then the afternoon ends up becoming time to synchronize as an organization to plan, to take care of notifications and communications. And then I think we catch a little burst of deep work again in the evening um, on most evenings. And just kind of following our natural like rhythms on where our bodies and attentions are leading us. And uh, it's been it's been great this
0: summer. Oh, that's that's great. I guess that's part of because. You guys obviously based in SF. So how long have you guys been like working out of the office together?
1: We have been working at an office together almost as long as we've yeah. been working together. Yeah. Just a little bit over a year now. Uh, we, we prioritize really early on being in person together, uh, collaborating, high-fiving after writing a line of code. Just kind after of- every line. Yeah. After every line. <laughs> yeah. every line
0: actually. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I definitely see like how that intentionality linked with, obviously you guys want to be intentional with your time and being able to work together and collaborate together. Mm. I'm curious if we're to catch up again, in let's say a a year's time, what do you guys envision is the key distinguishing parts of ClearSpace that is built out or changed?
2: Yeah, um, I think at at the broadest level, we want to be cross-platform. We're, we're solving this problem on iPhones right now and we're getting increasingly effective at it and we're learning what really works for people in, in the real world. And um, we're starting to turn our attention towards solving this problem in all the places that it touches on your computer. Like there are screens everywhere in all of our lives and um, a lot of us have best intentions about how we want to relate to our digital environments. And there are some disjoint tools that you can use on the web or on your phone, um, but there isn't really a unified solution for, here's how I want my digital environment to be, now hold me to it during the week. And uh, in a year's time, we're going to be a lot closer to that.
0: I remember you guys mentioning somewhere that you guys thinking about adding some sort of physical rules as well, right? Like perhaps even like step counters. Is that like a, a big priority right now?
1: Yeah, definitely. We're really excited about the range of opportunities. Uh, There's kind of key habits that we can introduce into people's relationship with their devices. There's a lot of precedent in people's lives for exercising discipline and moderation and healthy habits. Um, To call a few to mind, you can think about just the disciplines that we all need to cultivate around food or exercise or finances. These are really great domains of habit building and discipline that people have context for. And we believe that those those contexts could be very usefully applied to the way that they think about their information diet, their content diet, what they're taking in, how much time they're spending scrolling. So uh, yeah, don't be surprised if you see some of those habits showing up in uh, replacement behaviors or interventions
0: in the clear space. Universe. No, for sure. I I'm excited to see, I guess just to wrap things up and like end off with a question. I'm curious, what do you guys think is maybe the nicest thing that has happened to you? Like someone has ever done for you. It could be maybe someone uh, really sticking their neck out for you for a job. Maybe uh, some advice from a Y Combinator a senior or someone random on the street helping you push your car when it broke down. What what do What sort of acts of gratitude come to your mind?
1: A great question. Are you a fan of the Invest Like the podcast,
0: by chance? Yeah, I, I, I still it from them.
2: One comes to mind for me. Um, we actually were, were rejected from Y Combinator. We had our interview and they wrote us and said, hey guys, this um, is a compelling mission. It seems like it's an important problem for society to solve, but um, it's not an individual problem. And we wrote back to that email with a long detailed response, like with some evidence about why we're very short is an individually felt problem and the partners at yc took the time to engage with us point by point and run down that list and they didn't have to do that it was over the weekend it was after hours they had already rejected us and um i'll definitely i'll definitely be forever grateful for that um and and the conversation ended up reaching a point where they said okay like yeah we agree this is an individual problem and and one worth solving so so come join the bash so that i'm
0: definitely grateful for that Mm -hmm. oh wow that's that's a great story like still sort of like persistence and being able to justify for yourself yeah but yeah i want to be respectful of the time so thank you so much again oliver and royce thanks Thanks so much for having us man appreciate you